What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 84 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Uh, if you're a patron, you understand that reference. Wow. I should have given you some time to, to like think about your decision making. <laughs> Listen, if you are a patron, you are crying right now. With that hilarious drop. And the rest of the 98% of the people that listen to this podcast uh, think that uh, Joe's a weirdo. I mean, if they've been listening to the podcast for a while, that's not like an insane thought. But hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Welcome, to the Welcome Joe. I'm so glad you're <laughs> you're here. Me too. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. I I think we should get into what you're doing next week to start off this show because I'm a little jealous mostly because I haven't played much disc golf of late and you're going to get to go play new disc golf courses. Uh, well, I'm going to a boys and girls club, uh, conference first and foremost. Yes. In Anaheim. Yeah. Um, and I'm going there very early on Monday morning. Uh, but the conference starts on Tuesday mm. and is done by five every day. Yeah. And then I come home very late on Thursday. And it's going to be in Southern California, where in Anaheim, where there's lots of disc golf courses, going into the belly of the beast. And I've heard that uh, La Mirada is going to be in Golden State layout, so I'm going to get wrecked by that course. But I'm possibly, yeah, so excited to play. You know, it. new courses do that. They do that in general. Like I play real, but uh, when there's like like open holes and stuff, I do better. Are you going to? make like a special commemorative Houston Astros World Series shirt to wear while you're down in in the uh I am not I in am enemy not, territory but I will be dead honest with you um I did spend some time this morning uh, so I lost a hat like this about a year ago and I'm sad about it or just over a year ago um I definitely spent some time this morning trying to find a 2014 San Francisco Giants World Series champions hat, mm-hmm. um, but I couldn't find one. No, oh, I have like four. Yeah, I know. I have a huge dome though. Yeah, that's true. Um, I did find one, but it was seven and a half, which I think is like your size. Yeah, uh, but I'll take that. That doesn't fit my head, so I didn't purchase it. Mm. Um, but no, and I feel bad too because because uh, my boy Frank the Tank Franklin, who's like taking me out, like definitely expressed multiple times on Slack how much of a Dodgers fan he is. Yep. Um, but I get it. You know, I was in college in 2002 when the Giants did that. Yep. I mean, you know, just some years later, they did three and five, but whatever. It's yeah. cool. It definitely hurts to watch your team lose a game seven. It does. Well, we're Warriors fans, so we saw that a couple years yep. ago, too, and that sucks. Yep. Um, to be honest, watching the, the, the game sevens like that, it's kind of refreshing to watch a game seven with no real major interest stake. Like, like, of course, I'm rooting against the Dodgers as a as a longtime Giants fan, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it or, like, no. be upset no, if I'd the Dodgers like, win. To, to the guys in our side group, I'd probably be like, hey, good good job. Yeah. Good for you guys. Well done. Nice awesome. job, guys. Way to hit all those home runs for your team and, and right. go out there and win. Right. You know, the only thing that disappointed me, um, and, like, this is a player that I actually uh, lives in, like um, – like Brett Favre territory for me or, or more so like Ron Burgundy, like the, uh, I hate you, but mm-hmm. God damn it. Do I respect you? Uh-huh. Clayton Kershaw 
I really wanted to just pitch really poorly in mm-hmm. that game. Um, purely, and this is like such a goofy reason, purely for the reason that I think last year one of the owners of the Dodgers was like, like he had a good game in the playoffs, and he was like, Mr. October. <laughs> And I'm like, did you did you watch the year before when when Bumgarner? he pitched well this year, really really well this he year. He did, he so did. They, and then they he went to they should have just started him. Yeah, but then they then he went to Eeyore mode. And he's like, maybe someday I won't fail. <laughs> oh, did man. you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I was like, come on, bro. Like, you don't gotta t- you don't gotta take the burden for everybody. You did well. You don't need to do like maybe I won't ruin it for everyone. <laughs> Everybody in the world's got mad respect for Kershaw. No, totally, and that's what so. I'm saying. Like, I hate him, but I respect him. Yeah, very much so. And that's like Brett Favre back in like the late '90s, where every year the Niners were in like yeah. NFC Championship game, and somehow he would win. You know the story behind that? Have you ever heard the story? As to, so, there's a there's a story that's confirmed from from both of them, which is that uh, Brett Favre's wife was in the stands at Candlestick during a Green Bay Packers game. And it, the the Niners fans that were around her were like threatening her and she had to be escorted from the seats somewhere else. And uh, basically from that point forward, Brett Favre just had a vendetta, just destroyed the Niners forever and ever in every single game, even as a Viking. Oh, my. That was the worst game. Even ever. as that a sucked. Viking. That like last second back. Ew. Yeah. yeah but yeah, it, it all stemmed to early on in his career. His wife wearing a Favre jersey in Candlestick getting, you know, harassed by drunk Niner fans, which uh, for those of us who have been to Candlestick, that is not an uncommon occurrence at that stadium, which is now no longer exists. But but that stadium was great. That was pissing in troughs. So dirty. Sometimes you got to get pissed off for greatness. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. So. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I'm going, I'm going. I'm going. I'm uh, going. Anyway, so long story short, I'm going to Anaheim. I'm gonna play La Mirada. Um, I'm going to play some other courses. I don't even know. I think at least you're playing some night, some glow golf too, right? Or some night golf at least. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna I'm play uh, night golf at uh, Twyla. I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, which that is cool. Right. And I feel like it's like always. So it's. It's not a glow round. It's night golf, which I'm stoked. Like it's lit up. There's lights, um, and I guess it's a league night too. So I'm gonna go and play like at a league night, which is kind of cool. Sweet. Um, Get, pack all those disc golf podcast shirts. Do we have any? You don't have a disc golf podcast. Shirt? I have one. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you meant like bring some to like slang, and I was like, I, I mean, you could. I've, I've got some left. Um, but yeah, no, I'm gonna wear that for sure. Um, actually our buddy, our buddy Jason actually, who is from Huntington beach, I think I'm going to play Huntington too. Also. Okay. Um, just went and came back and I guess they had their big like Halloween bash this last weekend. Yeah. And he brought us, um, some Halloween KC pro, some, AVRs. some KC pro AVRs, which are rad glow, yeah. cool Halloween stamp. Um, super cool, super rad. So thank you, Jason. Yeah. I'm and, pumped uh, on those, but yeah, no, like I'm so stoked to go play and I'm, uh, like I, there's so much stuff I have to get done at work tomorrow to like feel somewhat okay about being gone for a week. Yeah, and I'm like kind of stressed. 
but then part of me like feels bad for how like not to like, mention not only like work wise but also family wise like how excited I am to like have four days away and play disc golf and like go to a conference which is great but aside from the conference time I'm gonna be drinking beer and playing disc golf <laughs> like like I have no problem rolling into a conference with a headache and like getting after it i'm all right that's, i'm really not upset with that that's joe dedicated to the children boys and girls club director yeah i do a fantastic job <laughs> i do a fantastic job listen kids daddy's a little tired why don't you keep the noise down listen when you work hard you gotta play hard <laughs> all right and i don't get time to play ever now's my time <laughs> i hope i don't die in anaheim <laughs> I'm just picturing you showing up hungover to the Boys and Girls Club and then, like, beaning kids in dodgeball. I'm not going to an actual <laughs> Boys and Girls Club. I'm, like, at a hotel. Like, the conference is in the hotel. I, I know. But it's I, funnier this way. I would never, ever, like, show up at work drunk. At a conference? <laughs> probably not. Possibly rocking your bottle keeper? <sighs> I mean, I'm bringing a bottle keeper. Yeah. Like, that's 100% happening. Yeah. I I rolled with my bottle keeper for Halloween. That was a super great call. Yeah. Taking my kids out trick-or-treating, bottle keeper. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful I'm, thing. I'm bottle keeping hard. For, for those sure. of you that, that haven't experienced the, the magic that is the bottle keeper, super awesome water bottle looking uh, device that houses a beer, keeps it insulated and sealed, and it's amazing. And we should also mention that uh, you can get five bucks off one using promo code DISCOLF. DISCOLF. And uh, yeah, they're freaking amazing. So check them out. Yeah, they are. They are worth every penny. Looks like a looks like a stainless steel water bottle or a powder coated, you know, colored water bottle. And uh, the cap has a bottle opener on it. It's it's freaking amazing. So they're 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 very nice. Yeah, I'll probably I'll, I'm gonna bring my bomber. I mean, yeah, but I also got them twelves. Excellent way to to bring bring your favorite craft beer with you anywhere you go. Keep it cold, keep it sealed, and uh, keep it discreet. Keep it covert. Yeah. So, um, no, I'm I'm super excited. I'm actually like for the first time in forever being like, is my arm gonna get sore? <laughs> Am I gonna have to be like, it's cool. Let's Maybe. Still play. Last time you played like multiple rounds in in several days, you whined about it a lot. You're like, oh my god, I played so much disc golf, my arm hurts, and I'm tired. I feel like that was just like. Like you op- overcome with jealousy, probably. Like you probably played like, like nine holes, and I was like, "That's so much disc golf." <laughs> I played twenty-seven holes yesterday. What? Oh my god! That's a thing. You can do that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. No. I'm. I'm. Uh. I am. I am pumped. Yeah. Sounds awesome. I'm. I'm extremely jealous. One the the new courses. It's always awesome to check out new courses in another area. And it sounds like you're getting. You know pretty awesome red carpet treatment by by some locals so i think so well and so the other thing too i think um and and uh send us messages or or slack us in the next few days uh because i'll be gone by then i'm thinking my work at my work we just got a handful and by handful i mean two uh gopro hero fives Mm -hmm. so i'm thinking i can i might bring one with me and and see if i can film some stuff Mm -hmm. um you could take like a hat and tape it on top and stuff it, like I, that. I have the, it came with the actual, like the head strap in all honesty. Um, but I'll probably just like strap it to my bag or something. Yeah. It makes more sense. Um, 
Can you imagine a video of someone driving with a with a camera on their head? Just like that whole <laughs> twist and everything? Or chest or like, anything. What the hell just, just happened? Like, I put the camera on my wrist. I figured like that would like let you really know. I put the camera on the disc. Don't worry, I stabilized the video. Yeah, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Um so yeah, I think I might I bring that out just because it's a little probably a little bit better than well not a little it should be a decent amount better than just using my phone. Yeah. So I'll probably try and take some video, um, playing with some th- those dudes and playing cool courses, and we'll see. Maybe we'll, I don't know, maybe we'll spice up our, our Patreon and throw a video on there or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. I like that idea. So yeah, so that's a thought. I like it. I like it. Well, uh, we got a great episode for you guys tonight. Episode 84. We are going to uh, talk about, we got one, we've got some some uh mea culpas to put out there on some pdga rules that we weren't quite totally clear on and and had some uh some uh you know questions that weren't weren't quite answered on our last podcast so we'll we'll clear up some of that um we also had something that we started with some of our listeners that we're calling the sack challenge which is a a challenge that was created by our, by our listeners to create a their bag and stick to it for the next 2 months so, you know, not changing out discs. A lot of us, were all addicted to disc golf and we're constantly trying new plastic and putting it in our bag and, and in and out. And we kind of felt that one of the greatest, the best things you can do as a disc golfer is to improve your consistency and really learn certain molds and master them. So we created this challenge. Our listeners did actually, Joe and I didn't do anything. It was, um, it was Austin, actually one of our moderators. Yeah. Created it on, uh, on our Slack group, which is, uh, where we, we talk to a lot of our listeners. You can get to it on our website at throwstuffatstuff.com. You can join us there, and, and it's an awesome little little disc golf chat group that's it's, it's created. bringing people together. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's pretty awesome. So uh, I'm going to go through my bag. So we've done in the bags in the past. It's been a long time since I've done mine, and uh, I'm going to go through that and, and list the discs that I've, I'm going to lock in and, and not change for the, for the next uh, next couple months here. And uh, so we'll do that. And then we have our deer review, our world famous disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Viking Discs Ragnarok, the 11 speed uh, understable distance driver. And we're pairing that with Sonoma Springs Thor, which is a 6.5% Hellesbach, um, which is great from a l- brewery very local to us. Um, you know, literally like a mile from us. Yeah, right now. like in in Sonoma. So um, it's a we always like supporting them, and uh, yeah, and uh, so Ragnarok and Thor, it's like a like a thing, you know. I, I, I guess that's, that's what given. the movie's yeah, called right now. Even it's a given. Um, I believe Ragnarok is actually like a um, basically like a um, cyborg version of thor but we'll see if we get there in the movie so i actually googled it because i had no idea so uh the actual ragnarok term is is uh is has more to do with an actual battle where uh gods are killed so it's it's like a it's an it's a noun for a a a type of battle um you know essentially this mythical battle where all these gods you know face off on the battlefield so Oh, well, because like I... Uh, Thor being the god of thunder. I read and, some, some comic books and also... And, um, and it very well could be a name of thing, but when I looked up the actual literal 
literal thing on I there. I played this game on my phone called Marvel Puzzle Quest. Uh-huh. Um, it's pretty rad. Uh, that's where I learned all my, my Thor Ragnarok pieces. Yeah. So I'm sure there's 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 characters as well, but I was I was googling it because I'm I'm not well, and I was going popular culture because I'm the popular one. <laughs> I I enjoy me some some comic book movies here and there. I'm not a big comic book buff, so I I would like to be more of a comic buff than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoy comic books. Yeah. So we're both exciting, you know. We've never uh, reviewed a Viking disc before, correct? No, and uh, and so that 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 was great for us to to get that on. And it's a smaller manufacturer. And we should mention that uh, this disc was sent to us by uh, one of our awesome listeners, Julian. So yeah, he sent us a couple of others too that we will uh, definitely review at some point. Yeah. So we got this one on. We we uh, when we got the disc, we're like, oh, we know what exactly what beer we can pair this with. Oh yeah, it was easy. It was quick and easy. So. We got that down. So, radical. Obviously, uh, not a lot of things going on in actual disc golf this moment. Um, but uh, we still still got things to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So let me uh, let me start. I'll get into the rules thing. That the, so last week we were talking about different PDGA rules, and one of the major ones we covered was that the the lie of the of the disc, the the landing zone for where your foot can can hit when you release, um, had changed, and we, ha- we talked about it as though the length had increased, as though you got more space, and and we misinterpreted that the length behind the disc did not change; uh, it was the width that changed. It used to be that. You had to have your foot in line directly through the disc to the target, and your disc had to be 30 centimeters behind, or your your foot had to land 30 centimeters behind in line with the target. Now you have a full rectangle, so your your foot doesn't have to be perfectly in line. It just has to be in that 20 eight, eight, by... 8 by 12. Yeah, your 8 by 12 inch uh, or 20 centimeter by 30 centimeter rectangle behind the disc, so... Um, that was a, a little a little mix up there, and we want to make sure and correct that so people understood. Um, or was it ten by twelve? I don't remember. It's eight by twelve. That sounds right. Eight by um, twelve, because I remember I wanted it to be nine nine yeah. by twelve. And then uh, you wanted it to be eight by eight and a half by eleven is what you wanted. It eight to and a half by eleven or nine by twelve. Got it. All right. Well, uh, and then the next. I'd love it to be eleven by seventeen, but you know. The next one that, that we talked about, yeah, eleven by seventeen. That'd be great. That'd be great. And almost never footfall. Your brother would never footfall. <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes he's been like five feet behind his disc. Or like two feet in front of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and then the other one was that the uh, the uh, footfall penalty, we were curious as to whether that applied to, to uh, they changed it so that there's no longer a warning and it's just a, the throw counts if you footfall. And that it's no longer a warning, it's just a stroke penalty and your throw counted. Um, and we were like, whoa, does that count for falling putts? And yes, it absolutely does. So now a falling putt, you no longer get a warning and a rethrow. If, if your, uh, if your card calls you on a falling putt, it's an automatic stroke penalty. So, and, uh, did you bring it up about, about that Ricky? We had it in our Slack group, but I didn't, I didn't bring it up, but yeah, it was in our but Slack Ricky Wysocki had that falling putt where he was ahead by quite a bit. And uh, and no one called him on it, even though everybody kind of looked around and was like, oh, yeah, this was in the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. 
I want to say. Right, because they basically were like, well, that's Ricky. Like, he's going to make it again. Like, we're just going to give him a warning and he'll hit it again. Yeah. Whereas that would have added a stroke. Can't remember if it was Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. But it was, uh, uh, yeah, I don't think it was actually. I um, want to say it was something big. I want to say it was like it Worlds was, it, or USDGC. Yeah, I, it might have been Worlds. Um, was, I think it was Worlds. Um, but he he had a falling putt and he was ahead. And uh, you know, basically, that even the commentary was like uh, they were. I think it was Germ and, and Sexton that were talking about it. They must have been. And uh, they're like, ah, well, he's just going to make it again. Like, why call it on him? But this changes that significantly. Totally. Because then, if it's just stroke penalty, of course they'll call him on it. They'll say that you know, there's no rethrow there's no you know you get a penalty for doing that so i think we'll start to see that a lot more you'll see falling putts and things of that nature called because it's a stroke penalty well and here's so here's the other place that that fits um and we didn't talk about it very much and i don't think it's been made a big deal but i feel like that's the same world that uh like the step through putts have lived in mm-hmm. um Two two guys who uh, one rhymes with uh, Bully, and another one uh, with Sheldberg may have some some putts that, when they step through, it does not necessarily look legal. Yeah, and I think the same thing. And I think I feel like there was uh, maybe like the very early our disc golf podcast had Euliberry on, and asked him about it. And he said, fine, call me on it. Like, I'll stand still and, and bang it again. Like, that takes that whole ability out. Like, yeah, if you was... get called and someone's like, yeah, you, that you stepped, like, that wasn't legit. Yeah. That's a stroke right there. Yep. And the and the throw counts. Um, that, but once again, you know, there is no uh, instant replay. There's no video like that. It still comes down to card mates calling. But I could see those putts actually getting called here and there yeah and it i i just looked it up and it was indeed worlds that rick had a 15 foot putt where he fell forward and uh his card declined to call it on him so but you absolutely have to believe that um that if it was just giving a stroke penalty that they would have been like yeah stroke him you know let's yeah. go yeah totally so, I think and i a- and i feel like that's something too where he would probably be like yeah yeah I'll take my stroke. Good call. Well, I mean, he like looked around like sheepishly, you know, and then and then like I feel like Macbeth just kind of shrugged and and, uh, and then it was over. Well, yeah, because so w- let's like let's make an example so he like just does like just makes it. Yeah, well, it's true. Like he's how often does Rick miss fifteen footers? Right, right. Well, it's it, it will live in the world of um. Oh, this is not a good aside, but I'm gonna use it anyways. Um. Like moving the extra point back in football, mm-hmm. like there's more misses now, and it has consequence. Yeah. Um. So it's making a little change to add consequence to something that was just a routine. Always like, oh, okay, fine. Then yeah. I'll just do it again. Like that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. So make know, it a little bit tougher and and put a real um sanction on doing something like that. Yeah. And I think this is probably the biggest, the biggest effect of that rule that we'll see the most often. It, other than than the foot faults called on on you know second shots in the when they're run ups you know you rarely see those anyway they don't get called very often but I think this you will I think it'll make a big difference because it just kind of was kind of clunky before having someone re putt something I mean it 
it's kind of like one of those things where it falls in the category for card mates that it, I feel like it almost was was like uh, like not cool, you know, so like, gonna, like gonna, a douchey thing to do. I, I'm unless put it was you egregious on the spot right now because I don't know if you've researched this or not. Right, so a couple years ago, if not last year, they said, um, like not demonstrating balance, all this stuff, uh, mm-hmm. no longer needed a second for the warning. The warning you could uh, one person could call it, and it's an official warning. Yeah. Now there's no more warning. Does it need two eyes? I believe it needs a second. Yeah, I, I do too. I just wanted to, yeah, make sure. Yeah. So, um, so that's another thing. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. <laughs> I know you don't know the answer, but things for us to think about and someone to um, talk about for. Like I've heard people say. Um, you can call somebody for a courtesy violation if they like don't watch you like finish the hole. You or can, whatever. yeah. Can you, as a player, not putting, call someone else for not watching another player putt? Like basically, you're calling someone for not. You can, yeah. For not Any paying person. attention for a possible foot fault or a possible whatever. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's you would I mean, never see it happen, but yeah. but but now that there's like a stroke, like that's a big deal. Now that there's a stroke. If there's someone not paying attention, like I would be so pissed if I was playing a tournament and someone stepped through and I call it, yeah, and it doesn't get a second because the other two people were walking to the next hole because they yeah. thought it was a given, yeah. Um, and now that's a stroke that could have that should have come off because and, and it's not me being a dick. It's like hey. You step I through think you'll a see people footer. paying more attention. Yeah, I think, I think so too. I just wanted to. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll definitely see that. So, cool beans. But yeah, it was uh, it was good to to get some feedback from our from our listeners on that. It was nice to to clear up some things and and it was a nice conversation about it too. I mean, it's a it's a huge impact, a big change in in how that works. But I think it makes sense. I don't think that that the falling putt really had any consequences. You know, yeah, totally. At worst, it was like, you know, people only called it if you made an iffy shot, you know, like if you if you were at the edge of the circle and you had a falling putt and you had weird footing because you were like underneath a branch, they'll call you on that. But they really would only ever call it if you made the shot. Right. And I would say and you banged it. So and then, you know, at worst, it wasn't, you know, you you took the extra stroke. Now it's like, you know, you have to make sure you keep your footing because if you don't, you're you, taking the stroke, you could, and you still have to finish it, up. But you could miss and oh, yeah. take the stroke yep. and still have to putt out. So it could be even worse. I mean, you could have a three-stroke swing on on that sort of a play uh, pretty easily. So uh, I, I think that'll be something that's in a lot of players' minds when they're in those, those situations to make sure that they're maintaining their footing in the circle because that could be huge. You know, you, you have a falling putt from – from under a branch and it clanks and they call you for the falling putt and all of a sudden you just you know essentially three putted right no totally and mm-hmm. i think like that reminds me of like that that germ play last year where he was outside and lifted his foot through and then and then dropped it back down because his back foot was ob yeah or was uh, outside the circle yeah um like the biggest thing that i will ever tell you and robin will ever tell you if you are not sure, talk to your card mates. Yep. If there is any part of you whatsoever that has any little bit of um, 
fog about a rule, yeah. talk with your card mates. Yep. Um, if you want to try something funky that you know is within the rules, talk to your card mates. Yeah. Or even to the point, like, if you're playing in a, in a space that doesn't have the circle marked and you just turn to your card mates and say, am I in or outside the circle? And then just that simple question, yes or no, yes, you're outside the circle. Then it doesn't matter if it's a falling putt. No, and in our and and Robin and I, anytime mm-hmm. we play together, anytime we play together, it's always casual. Like we've, I don't think we've ever been on a card except for a, a doubles tournament, um, in any type of thing outside of casual. And that is a constant question between the two of us, um, about whether or not we can follow yeah. through. Like now, most tournaments will have it marked, or or a lot of times we'll have a rope. That we'll see the up. rope. You know, that's that. So in, in most tournament play, it's not an issue. But when you're playing with your friends, even, you know, even in league rounds, it's a habit you want to have. <clears throat> yep. Talking yep. with your card mates, making sure things are clear. Uh, you'll want to do. Yeah, especially with things like that. So so it also helps to for them to understand that you're not trying to break the rules, you know, which is an important part of 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 disc golf, you know, making sure that you're being an ethical player. So when when you're trying to clarify things with your card mates, they understand that that you are making an attempt to play by the rules and you're not trying to get away with something or or uh you know gain an an unfair advantage. So Right. Right. Well, and there's no more rethrows, right? So it's yeah. it, you, your throw you, counts. You can't right, you can't take your rethrow and then try and argue why it was actually good. Like if it's called, it's called, you're taking a stroke. Yep. And you're going to argue about it and say like, "Well, this is blah blah, but it's it's done." It's done. No one's going to be like, oh, take that stroke off your card. Yeah, once it's called, it's over. All right. Sick. Well, I guess it's time for me to to do my bag, huh? Get in that sack. Weird. Weird. Too far. Let's call the sack challenge. Is that what it is? Well, I mean, your bag is, is, yes. It is. So, again, this is uh, for our... our, uh, for the last part of 2017, a, a bag challenge, sack challenge, to uh, to lock in your bag and stick to it and learn your molds better. Um, I don't have a, a ton of turnover in my bag. There's a few spots that I've that I've added certain certain discs and uh, over over the years, but not a ton. And I've I've added a couple things recently, but I I feel like I stay pretty consistent for the most part, especially when it comes to what I throw on the course. Um, I'm ex- I lean on on five or six molds really really heavily, and the other things that are in my bag are are you know things I'm testing out or they're backups or things for special situations, uh, but really I throw certain things just a ton, and I'll I'll make sure that I make that clear when I get to those discs. But uh, at the moment I uh, I putt with with P2s Discmania P2s. Which is a big change because uh, I've putted with McPro AVRs for a very, very long time. And I have always practiced with P2s as well. So I have them around and I throw them and I like them. And uh, just kind of got a few that I liked that were new. And and they're half the price. <clears throat> yeah, that too. <laughs> and I have a ton of McPro AVRs and I, I still actually keep one around as well. So I, I should list... Uh, the McPro as well, but at the moment I'm just giving P2s a P2s a whirl, and I have good success with them putting. So I I I really there is a very subtle difference between the McPro AVR and the P2. The P2 has a slightly blunter nose 
to the disc, but they're both a beadless putter, extremely similar, and uh, in in D-line plastic on the P2 is is very very similar to the Mic Pro plastic. So I use both of those. Um, and then the next disc in my bag and for putters, I carry a Nova, which is just my my go-to approach disc, and I use it off the tee from time to time also for for nice straight shots. Maybe a little turnover here and there, but Nova really is a terrific approach disc. can can handle a lot of different situations, and and very reliable and stops when you when you throw it. So Nova's been something I I roll with quite quite a bit. Um, the the next discs I have are uh, I carry a Pure, another putter, which is an understable Gold Line Pure which I use for just uh, kind of more understable shots than the Nova. So when I need something to go a little bit more right than the Nova, that's what I'll use. Not something I bring out all the time. It's kind of a specialty specialty shot that I, I leave in there for certain certain holes, not, not something I rely on heavily. Um, and then another putter, I carry the Envy, which is uh, my overstable. I mean, this thing's almost a mid-range, uh, to be honest. It can handle a ton of power, goes really, really far. Proton Envies, um, I carry two of them. Actually, I carry one. I carry one right now, and uh, I really I use it like a baby mid range, and and uh, not a lot of turn out of this thing. It will go straight if I want it to, if I throw it really, really hard, but don't really get get too much turn out of it. But I just use it for for those kind of in between shots that. That maybe uh, I I carry buzzes, but maybe the buzz is going to go a little too far, or I want a little bit less fade, something along those lines. That's what I use it for. So yeah, love the envy. And then uh, the next one, my most overstable putter is the Zone. Nice low profile uh, disc by Discraft, and um, just very very overstable. Gets good glide to it too. It's got nice distance out of it. Uh, good, great for forehands and backhands. Uh, hyzers, just primarily hyzers. That's nice and shallow. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice, very shallow rim. Great, great disc. So, those are all my putters. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven putters. Wow, that's ridiculous. That that's that's. I was actually <clears throat> counting that. Um, I have four. I guess, and, I, and three of my four are judges. Yeah, I guess I got a problem, huh? Yeah, we. One of our Slack users was like, "Hey, I want to send you some discs," and be like listed some things to send me and he's like and i i have like a felberg boss for robin um what else does he like i was like putters putters if you have a putter like he's he's down for a putter yeah i'll take a putter they're fun i like putters you know yeah i know i know you're not a big putter guy i'm not a big putter guy but honestly i i as a zone is in my future yeah a zone is in my future I used to carry harps, um, and I put the zone in instead because I just I like to feel better. And um, well, that was my problem with harp; they're just too deep. And just like the envy, um, it it's kind of like a baby mid range. It's it's not quite, uh, especially the zone I have is in TI plastic. It's not a putting putter. You know, I'm not gonna putt with that thing. It's in a very stiff plastic, um, very overstable. So, so I'm not really doing too much of that. So, but yeah. So on to my actual mid ranges, uh, the Comet, my most understable mid range, straight flying. Uh, I love Comets. Comets are a terrific beginner disc 
for learning how to throw straight and working on your form. And they never grow old for someone as an advanced player or a pro player even. Just go watch Michael Johansson throw a comet. It can handle any arm speed. If you have good form, you can make a comet fly forever on straight lines. And I, I do this all the time uh, randomly when uh, musicians come up on this podcast where I say, pause the podcast, that's fine, and go like listen to so-and-so. If for some reason you're new to this podcast, you're new to disc golf, and you don't know who Michael Johansson is, pause this podcast, get on the YouTubes, search this man. Yeah. It will it will change your world. Yeah. Definitely got to do it. Got to do it. It's, I bet I, I wonder, and I've never looked. I bet you could search Michael Johansson comet on YouTube and find some beautiful, like, effortless comet bombs of like three hundred and eighty feet on like beautiful, just straight bullet lines that looks like just he look like, like it's floating. Flicked his wrist and it went forever. Yep, it's a it's a beautiful thing. It really is. It really is. I, it's just it's it's magic. Is what it is, sorcery, space magic. Yeah, uh, magnets are probably involved in some way, right? It's like the hoverboards in Back to the Future too, <clears throat> easily. So comets, if you haven't checked them out, a lot of people, a lot of people dislike them because they're they're kind of an odd shaped disc. Yo, their rim is hella dumb, but they are worth it. But they fly forever with very little effort. Yep. So, um, and then uh, my next mid range is the Buzz. I carry TI buzzes and I love them. Um, do do quite a lot of work with buzzes. So and you have two, right? You have like a layered. You got. Yep. You got your. I have an understable one. Beat. Yeah. yeah, that I've had forever, and then a newer one that uh, is more overstable and uh, an ace disc. Yay! So, boo. Well, you know, someday, Joe. Not boo. I know. I'm gonna get it in SoCal. I'm gonna get it in Anaheim. <clears throat> I hope so. I think I'm playing with one of the dudes in that. Th- oh, it's over. It's November, right? That ace thing's done. You could take my uh, Giants died FD and, and go for it with that. That'd be like, you know. It's glow? No. Oh, it's it's, it's metal flake. It's sparkle. Yeah. Nah. But yeah, buzzes. I do a ton of work with buzzes. That is a disc uh, that that I is a workhorse for me in, in mid-range distances. So I, I use it constantly, constantly. Um, and then the Buzz OS I carry as well, which is a, a utility shot disc for me. Get out of trouble hyzers, uh, flex shots, um, forehand outs, things like that. Um, it's just kind of a. Uh, I do use it off the tee from time to time. Sometimes, like a, some forehand shots where I just absolutely need to make sure that even if I have a little form breakdown, I'm not going to have it turn over and, and lose it. So, very, very overstable mid range. And uh, on to my fairway drivers. I carry uh, the FD. I carry three FDs. Soon, Only? Soon to be four. At least. Because I just bought uh, some second run FDs for way, Ooh. way too much money. I, I mean, is there too much money for a second run <clears throat> FD? Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would be would be shocked that paying. That's, pay. that's, tr- that's true. So... I mean, but if you can afford like my it, wife, for it. instance, would probably be like, "What?" But, but does she actually know how much discs are? No, but I think she assumes they're like seven dollars. So, oh, okay. So well, it's a lot more. Than $7. Yeah, we'll see. 
So, but I have I carry two S line FDs and a Glow FD, and I'll soon be adding in. Uh, I I bought two second run FDs, so looking forward to getting those out in the field and seeing how they listen roll. i'm saying don't replenish that disc golf podcast and let me just have one of those and everyone's good and yeah, we'll see we'll see about that depends on how much i love them if you're gonna love them yeah i know i know <sighs> but uh so i'm excited about that fd is another disc that i use constantly um if if you like <laughs> y'all know we <clears throat> all know how Robin feels about fds yeah uh, it, I make no bones about it. The FD is the best fairway driver ever made. So, like, I think you're close to almost just saying the FD is the best disc ever made. Mm, no, because because I don't believe that that there is such thing as that. Because each one of these discs in these different categories do something that the others can't. So, like, I don't I don't carry discs in. If there was one disc that could do everything, sure, but it can't. So I don't I don't believe that there's one disc that is better than all others. I think in each category there are discs that are better than the others, but um, but I feel like you would take an FD over a lot of distance drivers. Yes, yeah. I mean, uh, so I think you could say driver then. No fairway. Well, because I still I think extremely highly of the Thunderbird and uh, true that and um and would sorely miss it and it can do things that i can't do with an fd so and the bounce so i don't i don't yeah no i fairway driver all right and then uh, i carry an eagle which is kind of uh i use them for more overstable shots because it gets good fade uh the eagle has a nice nice fade to it which i really really like and can get straight fairway driver flight and as they beat in they even get a little bit of turn and uh and then yes they do and then yes, they, they but they always do. come back is the nice thing because they got that that high yes, fade number yes. so and uh so the eagle i rely on a lot too between the fd and, and the eagle those two are i use more than than my other fairway drivers so and then i also carry a t-bird three a metal flake t-bird three which is an og metal flake <laughs> t-bird three. yeah um I don't use this one very much, but it is a very, very reliable straight flying uh, fairway driver that if I just need a little bit more distance than uh, than what I would get out of an FD or an Eagle, FD goes very, very far, but the T-Bird 3 does it on an extremely straight line. It's a little beefy. You, you, can, yeah. cr- you can crank that up. Yeah, there. I can throw it very, very hard. And whereas with some of these FDs, I might get a little bit of right turn and a little bit of an S-curve out of it um, on, on longer shots like that. The T-Bird 3 really just goes out and holds a flat straight line for a very long time and doesn't hook up a ton. So it's, it's a great, great kind of disc when I, when I don't have a ton of wiggle room to – to shape a shot but i still want to get get some nice distance out of it i pull it out for there works great for uphill shots too um so yeah the t-bird threes are great really great so uh and then next i carry a firebird a sexton firebird and uh, that is just a utility shot disc for me i use it for get out of jail shots hyzers wind uh not throwing it all the time but uh, it's uh, it's you got to point out the year because years matter in sexy birds. No, oh, this is a seventeen that I'm currently carrying. But um, I I don't use it a ton, not as much as other people do. It really is kind of a utility disc for me. Uh, for the most part, the disc I use for that a lot of people use Firebirds for is the Thunderbird. 
I carry a G-Star Thunderbird and a, a Glow Thunderbird, a colored Glow Thunderbird, which is extremely overstable, yet still glidey, which is really nice. So I, I pretty much use that Glow Thunderbird like a Firebird. It's my I can throw it into the hardest of headwinds. It will not turn, and it still gets great distance. And then the G-Star one flips a little bit, turns yeah. a little bit, yeah glides uh really i g-star thunderbirds are the shit well our, our buddy pat uh our listener friend that we've played multiple rounds with uh kind of explained thunderbirds perfectly to me or or kind of just uh mm. disc with zero turn in general if you throw them flat at roughly the right speed they glide they go straight and they glide for a long time the reason there's a lot of people that say, oh, man, like Thunderbirds the most are super overstable, it's because they're releasing with hyzer. Yeah. And when you give it that little bit of hyzer, it takes all of it. Yeah. So with Thunderbirds, like even your your color glow, it's going to go far as long as you release it right. Like yep. if you let that out on hyzer, it's going to punish you. Um, that's kind of the same thing. That's where like the germ birds live. If you throw them flat, you can get them out real far before they hook up. But if, if you mess up on that release – they will punish you. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I use that one, both of those all the time. I mean, I'm throwing Thunderbirds on a lot of holes. Oh yeah. It's my main distance driver, um, on, on most holes when I'm not going for, for max distance. Um, when I, I'm looking for a controlled hyzer or a nice controlled straight shot, depending on what it is, I'm pulling it out all the time. So I really, one of the few times he pulls out. <laughs> oh, Wow. Oh man! I could, I couldn't, I could not, I could not. I just, I sorry. I just, it was there. It was there. I just had to. Had to get I, I should mention that I just had my third child, uh, not about exactly two months ago. So you know, and uh, my oldest child, the the first son, is uh, not yet four. So that's what Joe's referring to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man! So uh, three boys under four. Woohoo! Woo. So that's uh I've got I, one over four. That's that's why I don't uh disc golf as much as Joe does right now. T- totally. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I just played Lagoon and I was like, man, I miss playing with Robin, but man do I love playing all these courses <laughs> that I never would if I was playing with Robin. Yeah. <laughs> but uh my next uh distance driver is the beast, the end of a beast, and uh which is a ten speed uh, understable, very understable, especially the champion one I carry. I carry champion one and a G-Star one. They're both understable. I use them for tailwind shots where I'm trying to get as much distance as possible. And uh, I use them. Robin has owned that that uh, champ beast for 45 years. It's a long time, a long time. And I use them uphill shots. Just making use of, of the understability of the disc um, is, is just, that's what it's for. Never in a headwind. Um it's it's for for particular situations where where I can make use of the conditions. So, but I I still do use it quite a bit. And uh, then I have a TDX in my bag, which is basically the Discmania Sidewinder. And I I really like the stamp, and I used to carry Sidewinders, so I, I shoved that back in there. And it's a that's a great great disc, and I I can't wait to see it develop. It's an S line one, and um. 
it uh, right now it, it gets a little bit of turn, but mostly flies straight and finishes pretty straight. And I think as it gets a little bit older, it will uh, turn quite a bit and be. That's a lot of what fun. you should have brought out with uh, our. It's way more stable than 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 uh, our review disc. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the Ragnarok. Okay. So. I've actually never thrown it. I'm afraid of it. No, it's way. I would never be able to get the lines that I got out of it. Would just it would it would have dumped off left. Okay. Well before so. And then uh, I carry a Feldberg Boss, and uh, it, which is, you know, a disc I've carried for a very long time. Also pretty understable. It's what I get the most distance out of, uh, most of the time, and I love those. So don't use it as much as I used to, because the Thunderbird has basically replaced most of what these high speed drivers do. I just use them for certain situations that work well, and uh, then I also have been toying with the Destroyer. Whoa, 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 whoa. You skipped one. I did. You have another boss that you throw. Oh, the G Star boss. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. I don't. I don't throw them as much as I used to. Yeah. They're there, and I use them. But I, I mean, you're still throwing it on. You're throwing across the valley on eleven. Um, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. Anyways, I'll speak for your boss. Robin has a G Star boss. That out of the box was not um, champ boss crazy over stable. It was already kind of slightly understable. But the thing that I think we've learned with G Star is they are less stable than pretty much any of the other stock discs out of the box. But they hold that stability that they come with for super long. I thought G Star, when we first started throwing them, they would just beat in super quick and be like brutally understable fast, but they pretty much hold the same stability. Yeah, they for hold pretty well forever. I mean, I've got several G star discs in my bag that, that have taken a ton of throws and there's, they started out understable and they have maintained it pretty well. They haven't gotten ridiculously understable and unthrowable. So I'm, I'm, I've been very encouraged by G star. I like the grip of it and, uh, and the, the slightly, more understable nature. Totally. Sorry, now you can go to your your toy. I think I'm pretty much done. The, the oh, well, I cut you off before you could really talk about the oh destroyer. The, the destroyer. So so Joe uh, let me throw this. It's an Avery two line destroyer and a three line destroyer, and uh, it it's just a nice, not overly crazy, overstable one. I could still uh, get some in good conditions, get straight shots, but it's not going to turn a lot. And I just, I really like how it flies. So I, I put that in my bag to, to experiment with. Word. But still overstable. It's a destroyer. Uh, but I, I think it's a, a star destroyer that I can work in over time and, and turn it into something good. So, so it's in there for now for kind of overstable distance shots, but I'm hoping to, to work it into a kind of, a really nice, uh, oh, nice destroyer, and, and it's on the it's on the cusp. Yeah, it's I think on the so. Cusp. It's, it's just it's, about there. It's already got some work into it, so. Oh yeah, I'm excited about that. But yeah, that's my bag. Radical. So much, so many discs. I carry a ton of discs. That's all. We both do. We both do. And <clears throat> and the really the tough part is, I feel like we're doing this challenge thing, and um, <laughs> we review discs every week. Yeah. So it's super tough. Um. I mean, let's see. Let's let's uh, a quick look at the two of ours. I'll go through mine. You go through yours. 
Uh, and then in a second we can say <clears throat> if there are any in that have like made it to your bag because of us reviewing them. Um, yeah, I got, I got, I got two so far. Yeah, I'd say two. And, and one is, is gone now, but <clears throat> I've got, I've got four, four. So for me, the, both the, the harp and the zone made yeah. it into my bag be- specifically because we reviewed them. So. Right. Well, I've got, and I put it in and I'm still not, it's, it's there purely cause I want to toy with it more and I'm fine carrying it. Like the mortar is there. Um, the gator was one of the very first ones we reviewed that I was like, yes, this, this belongs. Um, the pine, the pine was one that I like threw and I was like, yeah. Yeah. And that's a new disc. And that, um, I've done so much good work with the pine since I've had the pine. And then the gladiator. Yeah. All, all ones that I like just jumped right in. Yeah. Look at all those distance drivers. Show us so many distance drivers. So are you going to do your bag next week? Is that how this I is could. Work? I could. I mean, I did it uh, when you yeah. had a child, but I'll do it again. I'll do we'll, the locked in like this, the locked and loaded yeah. version. We'll, we'll do that next week. Because so. actually I've added some stuff since the last one too. Yeah. But I mean, well, if you look at all my distance drivers, and then let me tell you that there are two sheriffs, two worlds, so there's even there's two more. Yeah. To that. Yeah, uh, totally. To that stack. Well, don't don't spoil it, dude. Next week. That's all I said. All right. All right. So. Um. Also, on the couch that uh, Rob and I are sitting and recording, there's a a pretty decent sized spider just hanging out with us that is uh that is like if if we were to equate you know like rim size and speed that is like an 11 speed spider yeah totally what kind of spider i don't even know what kind of spider that is i'm really hoping it's not a brown recluse i don't think it is oh look now it's moving oh tor- it's going right for me? joe fuck that i'm yeah. gonna are we gonna pause and kill a spider or you just want to chill with it i mean he's 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 fucking terrified of you just know that. I, I mean, I'm not really. Ch- I think it's like a a wolf spider. Sure. Okay. Which I think are. Chill. Listen, we are about to start our deer review that's where a, where a, we're going to review a beer called Thor and a disc right. called the Ragnarok. So right. we well, are I'm not, manly. I'm not men. about to run. I'm just about to like. Am I going to smash it or am I just going to like live with it? You know what's going to be really funny is like it's going to get. We're going to be in the middle of the deer review and then all of a sudden you're going to hear from Joe's going to be like. Yee! You're not gonna hear that, but I'll I'll be like, I'll I, I'll drop an f bomb while I smash that shit. Like I'm definitely like, uh, like I have a I'm I'm just trying. To, I've actually been like looking around, like looking around. Like for what am I gonna grab to just kill this shit in a minute if I just I don't dig how what close am I it's gonna getting. kill the spider with? Yeah, like I'm not I'm not uh, by any means like arachnophobic. Like I'm not freaking out. But that doesn't sound like it. I don't need that shit like getting up in me up in me. <laughs> I don't think that was a four. I don't know how that could be a Freudian slip. I don't need it like on me, mess with me. I'm I'm not that chill. Um. Yeah. I mean. Okay. All right. It's time for our world famous deer review. Our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Ragnarok by Viking Discs, which is 11 speed. Viking? Viking. Well, I was, I was still scared of the spider. But uh, it's an 11 speed, 5 glide, minus 1 turn, 2 fade distance driver. 
So nice, uh, nice. Once subscriber. again, th- thanks, Julian. And we're pairing that with Thor, which is a Hellas Bach six point five percent alcohol by Sonoma Springs Brewery, which we got in uh, tall cans. Right, sixteen ounce, lovely cans. Yeah, really great. Where do you want to start, Joe? As as he eyes the spider more. Well, I could, like now I'm like I just gotta like keep a constant little check on that guy <clears throat> or gal. I don't know. I, yeah, um, could be either. I'm equal opportunity though. I'll kill it just the same. But <laughs> get a little too close, dude. You wouldn't kill a lady spider. That's not cool. I couldn't tell you how uh, the difference between a lady spider and a male spider. Neither can I, but I because kn- I don't see gender, Robin. Okay, I don't. That's not true. <laughs> That'd be weird. If, anyways, I've said too much. Um, <laughs> if you're you not, you know what? I feel like we always start with a disc. Let's start with a beer. Okay. Um, this is an extremely refreshing Bavarian style beer. Just like it, it's it's smooth. It's clean. It's got that little kind of bitterness to it. Uh, it's it's got the nice six point five percent alcohol, but you don't taste that at all. I mean, this very well could be four percent by the taste. It's yeah, it's terrific. So, um, you know, really kind of like a a, a clear, almost wheat type flavor to it. Um, it's got the wheat without the sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, rammed. That's great. But it 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 was it's that's that's what it is. The spider's clapping. It, the spider approved. You're welcome, Jerome. Should, should we name it? Oh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, just did. <laughs> wow. Talk about talk about uh, Joe and I as longtime friends thinking on the exact same page. <laughs> Nailed it. If only we'd said Jerome at the same time. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> at the same time. Now, do you think Jerome is a is a putter kind of spider or a distance driver kind of spider? You see that spider? That's a distance spider right <laughs> that there. That is a distance driver that a, spider. That is a distance spider right there. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, it's it's um super crisp and clean. Like Robin said, it's got that 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 wit, that wheat flavor, like right off the bat on your tongue, but it doesn't have that like sweet follow up. It's just crisp, and then you mm. actually get a nice little bitter afterwards. Um. Yeah. It's spiced, but it's not like overly spiced. Yeah, it's, it's, a little bit of kind of hot bitterness, but not yeah, not totally, crazy. Totally, just like a nice amount. Um, yeah. It's not overpowering in any way, um, and I think that's kind of why Robin said you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell it's a six point five. Like if I drank this and you told me it was a four, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So having that six point five um, ups it in my book, <laughs> obviously. I agree. I agree. That's it's it's good, excellent, and it's a nice local. Yeah, that I come, don't. That comes in sixteen ounce cans. I mean, hopefully Sonoma Springs gets more, uh, you know, widespread distri- distribution. I think but... they're starting. To, I think they're starting to get out there, but I mean, not huge. Yeah. And by out there, I mean like outside of Northern California, but not, yeah. not, not by far. But overall, it's a it's a local brewery to us, and we really like what they do. I mean, their their consistency and and quality control is excellent. You know, from batch to batch, the the beers that we like are 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 very good, and that's one of the things you really look for in a good brewery is is can they consistently replicate the good beers that they've made, and they've they've done an excellent job of that so far. So so we're big time fans of, of what they do. And, and it's got a cool ass name. <clears throat> yeah, you can't go wrong like naming your beer Thor. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of feel like, I mean, I understand why they did it, but don't you think? 
Thor should just be like an absolute hammer of a beer that's like seventeen point eight percent and 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 you know only only a worthy a worthy competitor can lift and drink it without passing out. I I yes, but also <laughs> Thor is a big, strong, white, blonde hair, blue eyed dude. Fair enough. Yeah. So who's probably so very having dr- having having a strong wheat beer kind of fits just fine with yeah. that. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> strong Bavarian style wheat. <laughs> right. I feel like that. That's that's fine. That makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, these. Uh oh, the spider's gone, Joe. All right, later, Jer- dude. Jerome didn't later, want to Jerome. hang out. All right, well, I think I'm chill now. <laughs> he didn't like our podcast. I guess. All of a sudden, I'll be looking at you. My, you'll see my eyes just like triple in size, <laughs> and I'll just pretend he's, nothing's happening. He's right behind you. I give you full permission, and you need <laughs> to, to connect. Like hit you if, <laughs> right, and if you don't connect, like I'm pissed. But if he's like on the side of my head, I'm not paying attention, and you slap me side the head. And and crush our friend Jerome, I'm okay with it. Okay, fair enough. So we're we're good. Uh, anyways, yeah, that's that's Thor. Yeah, I mean it's pretty simply stated. I don't, it's not a complex beer. There's not a lot of going on. Like just enough, and it's it's lovely, and mm-hmm. it's six point five, which it's it uh, meets my threshold. Very very clean. Totally totally, and I really do. And we've talked about it. We did one months ago when we did uh they have a women are smarter saison that we did with um before val or right starfire right when she left innova and had the starfire um i i do like their their graphic design i like how they've set up and stayed with this really clean theme with all of their cans and bottles yeah i agree all right disc time tell us about that d So this is a Viking Ragnarok. So and this is in storm plastic, which is kind of a translucent plastic akin to your champion or lucid, uh those those sorts of plastics. So nice durable plastic. Uh it's eleven speed, uh five glide, minus one turn, two fade. I don't have too much of a problem with any of those numbers except the turn. This is like a minus two or three in my mind. Um I throwing it in the field. I brought out um, the disc that I was throwing with it originally. I uh, you know more in the stable range, and this thing was kind of a turnover machine uh, for the shots that I was throwing with it. Now I should note that I I think the the weight on this was I took off the sticker that had it on it, but I remember that it was like a one seventy one. So not not light not crazy light. not crazy right, lightweight, right. but it's it wasn't a, a max weight as I recall. I could be wrong on that. I think you're correct. I think it was like a 171, 172, <clears throat> like one of those like discraft esque yeah. where it had a couple weights yeah. that it could be. So, um, but nonetheless, I, I was getting some really really big distance lines with this, where I was given a little bit of air and uh, letting it just turn and and fade out at the very end and and getting you know. Fairly consistent, consistently some four hundred foot shots out of this. Right, thing. I would say the first the first throw I saw you throw with it, where it definitely broke four hundred. So, um, you know, not exactly the the kind of line that that you can use on a tight course. This was the kind of thing where I was aiming to the left with the disc and throwing it on hyzer, and 
giving a you know putting it up in the air a little bit and it would just work its way way over to the right and then finally pan out at the very end so you know it was it was covering 150 feet of of width oh, yeah. in the oh, shot yeah. as well so it was not something that that you know you can pipe down the the middle of the forest and have it just glide forever it was something that that's got to turn a corner and and pan out but uh, it was consistent and i it was great disc and i also the I'm not a huge fan of the super wide rim drivers, so it was pretty comfortable rim width for me for an 11 speed disc. So, yeah, I actually my first impression of it was I felt that it was more of a a 10 speed disc, but when I brought out, so I first when I threw it, I'm like, oh my god, this is like a beast, you know? I can I can get very similar lines, but then I took it out again the next day and threw my beast with it. And this was flying 20 feet further. Ooh. So I was, I was like, oh, okay. So it is an 11 speed disc. It's, it's covering that much more distance than it, but it does kind of feel like a, like a 10 speed rim in my opinion. Totally. So I was impressed. I, I, the first uh, Viking disc I've ever thrown and I like the plastic. I like the flight. Uh, like the graphic on it. Yeah. I, I wholly approve. So yeah, after watching Robin throw it, I actually hadn't thrown it yet, and I was expecting it to be this like instant turnover, and either I had really bad pulls, at, well, I, I must have, because at first I, I was getting it to flip, and I think I just skied it my first few throws. You did, yeah. Um, and it kind of just went, it still flipped, but it didn't fully turn over, um, so I kind of was like, damn, Robin's been taking some time off, he's been working out, like... He's just crushing it. Um, and then I think I settled down and yeah, that minus one is, it's not true. Uh, it's it's not. I was going to try and say it's because of the, the speed 11. Um, I do still feel like it's it's an 11. It's a comfortable rim for me. Obviously, I'd, I'd like a wider rim, but mm-hmm. for what it is, um, it made sense. I... I think Robin, before I got there, on accident, pretty much almost threw a nice roller. Yeah. And then I, on purpose later, threw actually a really nice like sky roller with it. The first couple of shots I threw were accidental rollers because I threw it flat. Because right, to me, right. when I see 11 speed and minus one, uh, you know... I don't assume, especially fresh, that that's going to be right. minus and one. Fre- fresh is the key. Fresh is the key. Um. We base our knowledge of fresh discs, and it's it's changing. Like it really is. Um, for the longest time, I I felt like everything fresh was way more overstable, and that's just because we started with a lot of Innova, and that is that is the world that Innova lives in. It's super super beef off the bat. But to be honest, the majority of manufacturers we've run into outside of Innova aren't the same case. Yeah. Like a lot, like Trilogy for the most part. Um, They're truer to that, that initial number. Right. But like, for instance, I put a, a TDX in my bag, which is a nine speed minus three, which is significantly more stable than than this Ragnarok that, that I, I've been throwing. So, like... I, Right, me. and that's why that's why when you're like TDX, and I'm like, I don't want to touch that thing. That that sounds, that sounds scary. Yeah, but still more stable than than this. Right, 
So, um, so yeah, so Robin was getting actually really nice lines with it. I pretty much um, it's, either threw it straight in the air or turned it over. But it's also, if, if you, in terms of discs that I throw, it's a lot more in line with what I... Right. Uh, oh, you it's know, your like, wheelhouse hardcore. I saw what it did, and I'm like, oh, I know what to do with that. Right. And I've gotten really good at that that kind of... Uh, that uh, it, that high hyzer flip shot, that turnover, hyzer flip turnover. Um, so once I saw what it was, I knew what to do with it. And I know how to get a disc nose down on a high angle shot. And um, so that's what I was doing with it was just giving it, getting some air underneath it, still making sure I got hyzer on it, but still putting it up high enough where it could really work the flight. And uh, I got some great shots out of it. It's, I, you know, it, it is a very, we just did the sack challenge thing, but it was tempting to me because. I, you know, it was flying farther than my beast, which is what I use that for. Right. And, uh, you know, it was, it's, it, you know, I, I have to get out and throw some of my other discs because I've been taking, taking time off. So just think about 18 at Taylor Mountain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What 20 more feet would be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about what 400 feet on that hole would be. Yeah. It'd be parked. It'd be right there. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that's, and I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. And that's, um, I have discs. I just don't know that I can throw it left enough. No, totally, and that's and that's the world, and that's I run into that all the, like that's that's what is killing me lately on that hole. So we have a hole in our local course that's like uphill. Mm. It's three eighty. It really plays like four hundred four ten, um, and you got to throw something to flip and turn and come back. And I have been getting into the parking lot, yeah, more than I would like. Yep. Uh, so there's a parking lot to the right. So if you throw something and you flip and turn it, if you don't, if it doesn't have enough time or enough tailwind to hook up and come back, you can be bad in OB. Um, that's that's the worry with this for you. Um, for me, it's kind of in the same world. Why I don't carry a beast? Yeah. Um, I have the disc that goes further <laughs> on that line that I know better and feel better with. So like. I would rather throw a ballista, yeah, um, or a trespass or a rampage, like all these wider rim discs. Not necessarily even for more distance. It's just the the comfort for me, um, <clears throat> and a little more chance of it coming out of the the turnover. Yeah, but uh, like it's it is it's pretty. The plastic is super nice. Um, like I, it's, it has a, it has a place. It has a place for sure. Um, I don't know what that place is for me. I think it's a disc that, that we tie about all the time. If, if my disc golf bag, which I am carrying on, I am not going to check it when I go to Anaheim, but for some reason, my disc golf bag gets lost and I can, Someone's like, here, I've got this Ragnarok. I would have no problem being like, cool. Yeah. I know I, it does. I, I know what to do with this. I can yeah. I can throw this. I can get some good distance lines. I have to hyzer it. Yeah. I have to hyzer it. Yeah. If I don't hyzer it, well, it's be really bad news. That was the one thing I didn't try to do too much with it was I didn't really try to power it down and see what it could do. I really, you know, it had been a while since I'd done a really true field work session. And so I was just like 
going for it every single time. Right, right. And uh, it was working. So, but I, because I was worried that I was going to go out there and just be completely underpowered and not be able to handle even an 11 speed disc based on the, the layoff that I had had and, and things like that. So, but sometimes layoffs are fantastic. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. not be surprised. And that's what I'm saying. Um, you need to take some of your other discs out mm-hmm. or take some that you always wanted to throw but just like weren't there or whatever and just check out and see if that arm just bigger. It's totally possible. Could be. It's Could totally be. possible that it's not at all. But yeah. you'll never know yeah. unless you try. Well, we'll see. I mean, so you I, said it's tempting, and I know it's a whole sack challenge, whatever. Um, I, can, I can't, I can't put a disc in my bag right now after having just gone through my, my locked-in bag. So locked in. It's it's there. We're keeping it. It's gonna sit on the rack, and I'm gonna throw it in field work sessions and and see whether whether it fits in. Um, <clears throat> it's not all that much different than the lines that I would get out of a beast. The extra distance is nice, but it's still it comes into I don't know how much it comes into play in in particular shots where I need that. So um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm I'm keeping my eye on it. I like it. I like it. I also have no experience with Viking discs and how they wear and and things like that. So well, right, and and it's a new manufacturer. It's new plastic and stuff. Who knows? There could be, uh, and I've seen this a lot with legacy discs. I was super into legacy. I'm actually putting some legacy back in my bag. I actually already put one, and I'm putting another one back in. Yeah, there could be some variation. There could be some variation. Like with something as small as color. Yeah. Like the color of plastic can do more than you would think. I think in my mind, especially with smaller companies mm-hmm. that are really trying to find the plastic blends that they feel work for them. Yeah. Um, I've seen way more variation in plastic colors and legacy. I've heard things about alpha and their mints. Who's to say that there's not some crazy variation with Viking discs and their Ragnarok? Could like, be. Like green could just be like a beat ass, like understable, mm-hmm. um, which is not a bad understable. Actually, it's a really nice understable. Um, or it could be like the stable one. We get like a white Ragnarok that like hits the ground as soon as you <clears throat> let it go. Yeah. Um, who knows? All we'd, things... we'd have to people that have been out there and then throwing it. I'd love to hear from you. So yeah, for sure. Because at the moment, I was I was impressed. It, it's always I I really enjoy a, a disc like that. You can do make get some really great shots, and it's always fun to see. You and know. you never get upset when like half or close to half of your drives uh, break that four hundred foot mark. Yeah, like that's that's not a sad sight for flat, anyone. Flat ground. Yep. You know, no no wind. Uh, to speak of, and I did it consistently, which is not normal for me. Normally, I'm I'm like a 385 totally type max. That's what I was like. I was like, oh, Robin, you just threw like 390, and then I like went and got the disc. I was like, never mind, you threw much further than 390. Yeah, that was, like was a 405 crank. or yeah. something like that. Totally, yeah. yeah. So, um, and in two different places too. So I threw in two different fields, and got this got the same uh, same result. So actually, now that I think about it, uh, after doing it, like throwing at Ernie Smith, the the park that I threw at, it's just not big enough to to do that. I should not have done that. I v- could have very easily had a bad shot and like thrown it into a residential neighborhood. Well, that's because that's because the times we've <clears throat> thrown in that park, um, four hundred wasn't on our resume. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like, I remember being like, I could throw 400 and then getting there and, like, being, like, brutally, like, slapped in the face. Of, yeah, like, be like, oh, great, 367. No, you th- you, yeah, you, th- you throw, like, 370, bro. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. Shh. Yeah. And now, like, I totally am like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not messing yeah. with that. Yeah. So, I was impressed. Very impressed. Not going in my bag. Um, but, but in, in January. But, but I wholeheartedly approve of this disc. So, here's, this is what I would love to do. And no one will do this with me. I probably actually won't do it myself, um, but I would love in January to say anything currently in the bag cannot be in the bag for the next like month. Yeah, like a fresh, which only could the opposite of the sack. Which could only actually even it wouldn't even work for us, but it's only even plausible for us because we have a stupid amount of discs. Yeah, yeah. and not everyone has that, and that's fine. And actually, that's good. That you have 40 discs to your name, not like 250. Like, I could legit take everything out of my bag and find something some, like comparable yeah, to, to fill every slot in my bag pretty much. Yeah. Um, which is gross, but it's true. Yeah. 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 So. I like it. So Be- beer, um, it is in 16 ounce cans. It uh, is it's pretty refreshing. It's uh, above six percent. Yeah, it's a solid course it's beer. It's local. Yeah, I'll, solid. It's a, it's a solid course beer. It's a solid like. If I'm a little sassy, uh, I I wouldn't be blown away if I attempted to shotgun one of these sixteen ounce wow. cans. All right. Well, sure. Well, here's the I'm other not, thing. Here's the only problem with it. It's got the plastic coating. Exactly. The label. The label. The label is, is, a, is a sticker instead of like a an etched on or a printed. Yeah, on. you would need a, a sharper knife to. Yeah, and I don't want to mess with that. So you're not doing it with a key. You would you want to use like a utility blade. Now, if or, I poured it into a pint glass, <laughs> I would have no problem just putting it down. Housing it, of course, of course. But that you do that with everything. So that's true. But it is a nice beer. I enjoy it. Um, when I like saw it and saw Hellespach, like in my mind, that went straight to like super wit beer, and I went Ugh. and like even reading the label, they talked about the spices. It's not an overspiced beer. It's 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 nice. I enjoy no, yeah. it. Yeah, it's just like a like a pale crystal wheat type yeah. type flavor. Um, with with the crystal a, wheat. There's some crystal wheat's just it's money. Yeah, it's it got that little bit of bitterness, um, but very smooth. Uh, very good. Very good. Like Sierra Nevada, I think they bottle it now. But back in the day, when we were in college, when we were first there, crystal wheat was only in kegs and yep. on tap, and it was like this beautiful beer. It was yep. like the unicorn Sierra Nevada. I agree. It was um, good. By the way, we probably we probably will do a deer review soon on this beer. But I do want to say, Sierra Nevada Celebration is in stores now. Yes, it is. If you see Celebration, go get it. And you've never had it? Go get it. If you've had it, go get it. Yeah. My favorite Sierra Nevada beer. Brian, uh, I, who I play Lagoon with, Requirement, uh, brought me one. Oh, nice. It was, it was so good. It one was, of my favorites. It was like, first couple holes to drink a celebration, I was like, ah. Yeah. It was fantastic. It's great beer. Great, great beer. Wonderful holiday IPA from Sierra Nevada. So, yeah. So, I we, we both fully approve of Thor uh, from Sonoma Springs. And then uh, Ragnarok, uh, it's not going in my bag. But uh, I think that anyone looking for an understable 11-speed driver should check this out. I think or an entry-level 11-speed yeah. driver. Um, terrific. Really, uh, I think it, if I spent a little bit more time with it, trying to get some pure hyzer flip to straight shots, I could do that to, with it too. 
I was just so focused on distance when I was throwing it that, that that's all I who did. Would, who would ever throw like that in the <clears throat> field? So, um, uh, but really, I I liked it a lot, and the plastic feels great. the The logo looks good. Um, I just I I think it's a great disc. So, word. Go go check it out, peeps. I'm in. All right. I guess I never actually said my part of it. I I alluded. It's not going in my bag. Um, I got I got. I got discs that do what it does um, with more distance. What it do. What it do. Do what it do. Uh, I mean, I probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have I actually I have an eagle now that probably I would throw in its place and get similar distances. Yeah. Thank you, Joey. Yeah. That disc is so sick. I don't think you can throw that that eagle as far as this. That's not true, but I was throwing it like a good 380, but that's not 400 plus. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pulling out a ballista or a Mm -hmm. trespass even um, to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, worth worth checking out. Rad disc. Especially for, you know, a smaller manufacturer or kind of on on the fringe. I think it's a a great disc, so. Yeah. Yeah. I would say if you are a... Here we go. I'll give the trilogy just because I, I know a couple guys who are into it. If you throw a sword and you really like a sword, check out a Ragnarok. Yeah. So and then uh, or even a trespass. Viking is a is a Finnish company. Finnish. Yep. Yeah. So awesome to to get some of the European companies in on this too. So and actually, Julian who sent us this disc sent us two others, and he really went for the for the. Uh, the foreign theme. So no, he that's sent what you went for small, like New Zealand new companies. So the RP, we got an RPM disc from him, Tree. and then uh, and then the other one was uh, gosh, we're gonna mess up the name. Some Ka- someone Kaxi, Kaxi. So Kaxi's I'm saying Cax, Kax, and Joe's saying Kaxi, but uh, a K2 by Cataplast. So um, which is Swedish, right? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, it's Sweden oh, for okay. sure. Yeah, nailed yeah. it. So we got a, a New Zealand disc, a Finland disc, and a Swedish disc. So, yeah, it's rad. It's great. Love it. Cool. So that's that, you gonna you gonna give a, us a rating, Joe? Oh, um, you gonna you gonna tell us what what your uh, your rating is? Is it gonna have to do with Jerome? I think it has to do with Jerome. Oh, Jerome. Um. Oh, so we took a small break. Oh no! At one point. Uh, you'll never you'll never hear it because the editing genius that I am, <laughs> um, and by editing genius, it's pressing pause and unpause while recording. Um, Robin slaughtered Jerome. It was uh, so this this uh, this cold, rating cold blooded murder. This this uh, rating is ripped, Jerome. Rest in peace, Jerome. Um, we hardly knew you. Uh, we didn't hate you, but we also really didn't like you that much, <laughs> which I think exactly points out the two for two uh the beer was good we liked the disc but we're not putting our bags uh jerome you didn't do anything horrible to us but uh, we just weren't into it (laughs) and you're dead now so the rating is ripped jerome (laughs) what a a wonderful This this is what i'm gonna do i am going to Record just my voice and re-edit it into like episode one of our podcast. Because every once in a while, like we've had multiple people do this where 
they started at one and then slowly worked their way up. Yeah. And like been like, oh, I'm on episode 20. And like as time goes by, like I need to record something, put on episode one now going forward. So when someone starts there or maybe like four, I'll put it at four. So they've made it through one through three. And we know they're going to keep listening. That just says, hey, do me a big favor and just like keep track of the ratings we give things. <laughs> so we have like a running tally of, you know, what I tried to do it and I got write to write like, them all down. I tried to write them all down. And I got to like episode six or I don't even know what episode an early episode because I was like, I kind of want to know the ridiculous ratings that we've given it. <laughs> and it was pretty like all chains ace. Like we had those going and yeah. then there was one and then I start, we started to go off the rails, like whatever. Yeah. And, and, now then, we- and then there was one where before we got into the rating, we started talking about putters, and then it was like a 25-minute like putter tangent, Yeah, and then there was no rating, and we just went to the end of the show. Yeah, and now we've got R.I.P. Jerome. Right, and now we got Rip Jerome. <laughs> so I'm like, there's probably a handful of episodes where there's not an actual rating, um, and some that are hilarious, and some that are just the same thing over and over. I would like to know what they are, yeah. though, and I honestly, listening to X amount of those episodes, I don't want to listen to it anymore. Yeah. I'm going to defend myself in the in the Jerome slaughter in saying that I think he was a brown recluse and that I I have ha- small children. I had to to kill him to to uh, you know maintain the safety of the podcast. I so. I would I think it'd be better if you said like uh, to protect my family. Like we yes. watch yeah, things course. out here. And, we don't, yeah. but I mean uh, we do sometimes. Yeah, we do. Yeah, and I'm part of that family because yeah. I've been out here with my child and your children and <laughs> yeah football on on the television and whatnot so yeah well that's it that's another episode of the disc golf podcast in the books we thank you for listening check us out on our website throwstuffatstuff.com we got all kinds of stuff up there we got our episodes which i need to update really really badly but i will do that uh we've got some shirts on there if you want to get a shirt and support us you can also join our slack group we created a, a a disc golf community through the application slack and we got hundreds of awesome Disc Golf Podcast listeners on there doing all kinds of things. We're going to have a Secret Santa this year. Right. I mean, we're on the cusp of 300. Like, it's going to be 300 before we know it. Yeah. Um, I like to describe it as uh, well-behaved, friendly uh, Reddit. Yeah. We're all nice. It's all the behavior friendly. is like, like it's gross because it's us. It's juvenile. But, but everyone's fun, and um, when they get on each other's cases... Usually apologies actually come out. Like I've seen actually that happen a, a couple of times where people have like started to like get a little aggro on them. Like, hey, I'm sorry for yelling. <laughs> I, I, we're cool. But uh, you can get there by going to our website, throwstuffatstuff.com. We have a join Slack link in the main navigation and, and it'll get you there. And uh, you can hang out with us. We'll we'll uh, say hello, and you can ask us questions, and you can also talk to other disc golf podcast listeners. There's people in your area, most likely, that have created a channel for their specific area, like Colorado, for instance, or Texas, or you know, there's all kinds of people that have they've gone through. There's Midwest and Michigan, yep. and well, and here's and, the here's <clears throat> the cool thing too that's come out of it. I mean, obviously, I'm going to Anaheim, and through the Slack group, I've I found some friends to play <clears throat> disc golf with. But like our buddy Phil, who's from San Francisco or lives in San Francisco, was going to Texas and through Slack was able to hook up and play disc golf with guys in Texas. So it's not even just for your area. If you're going somewhere else, there's probably a channel for you to hit them up and be like, hey, I'm coming your way. Let's play some, some disc golf. It's great stuff.
And then uh, be sure to check out BottleKeeper.com. Get yourself a bottle keeper. Use promo code DiscGolf and get five dollars off. Uh, an awesome, awesome product. So and and show them that that disc golfers love bottle keeper. So yeah, we're, I mean, we're you, you like beer, you like cold beer, you like hiding your beer. Yeah, it's great for everyone. Yeah. So and uh, Joe, I hope you enjoy your your disc golf vacation. I mean your uh, your work. Uh, work conference listen i'm gonna be like hardcore on slack like i'll be slacking it yeah probably constantly crazy hard Um, and uh i know you said that you had a crazy amount of stuff to do tomorrow but i hope you enjoy editing the podcast as part of that too i will i will that's gonna be um, well i'm gonna go play i'm gonna go play tomorrow morning uh taylor and get the podcast out before that right yeah, that's not gonna happen. I'm gonna be 100 honest. You know what? I actually I was super tired when we came into this. I have I think just enough juice to knock it out right after we. I like it. We wrap I like up. It. And, I was. Uh, that's what I was getting at. But you know. Yeah, because I'm not gonna have time tomorrow. Actually, so that's a good. I need to do. I'll do it. I'll do it post haste. Awesome. So, thank you so much for listening. Episode 84 in the books. Get out there and throw stuff at stuff. <laughs>